All right, well, let's get into the word for the day. Uh, we have a, a new topic, the faithful few. And we're going to go to our, one of our foundational scriptures here at the church, and that's uh, Galatians 4. And as we, we, we've talked about a thousand times here at the church, but I'm going to reemphasize it because I already know what God wants to talk about today. You know, a lot of times you hear stuff and there's stuff that you're, you're right in line with it. And so it's confirmation. You're like, man, this is exactly what God was telling me already. Then there's stuff that you, you hear that you're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to challenge you. You know, you have to go to another step. So, uh, and then there's stuff that you feel like you're nowhere near, like, who, who, who can be saved? But when you hear information, trust, none of us are ready-made. None of us are finished products. None of us. And so every time you come into the house of God, God has some information to advance us forward, to stretch us forward, to challenge us beyond our comfort zone. So what we do is we set it as targets. Sometimes we beat ourselves up because uh, we believe that we should have already arrived at a place or we... I don't know, know better, do better, what have you. And I can't say you, you shouldn't know better or do better, but I will say this. Just take the next best step from there. At least just keep taking steps. And, and, and challenge yourself not to keep looking to see are you there yet. And I think you'll be fine. You know, I think we, we intimidate ourselves. When we, Am I there yet? Am I there yet? You got to leave the presence of God to see if you're there yet. And you may need to stay in the presence of God to actually get there. Not may, you do need to stay in the presence of God. All right, so I know what we're going to talk about, so I thought I'd, I'd pray a little with just establish it as a target, okay? And then I'm going to ask those that are been around God or been around the Word of God or maybe esteemed in their circles as solid people of God to open yourself up to find out what you don't know. You know, uh, it's always another level for us. Um, and sometimes we can stay in this wonderful, okay place for 35 years, and God has to have so much more for you, right? So you may be better than them and less than you. I'll repeat, you may be better than them, but less than you. And so at, here at Ares Christian Center Church, we desire everybody to be the best God-designed individual that he purposed for their lives, okay? All right? You guys praying for me because I always need prayer and intercession to make sure we flow right. All right, so, so wonderful scripture here. You heard it a thousand times at this church because this is Heirs Christian Center Church. Galatians 4, 1 and 2, it says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he or she is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Now, now the, the, we're going to focus here on the whole scripture, but the whole two scriptures, but time appointed is, is, is a lot of the challenge that we all deal with. You know, uh, it would be nice if God revealed to us what we purposed to do, and that day we did it. Yeah, it would be nice. You know, uh, actually it would be nice, I guess, for some of us if soon as we, the first time we saw a car we liked, we can have it. You know, but it was kind of difficult to even drive it if you're only seven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The time is just inevitable in our life. Uh, to everything, there's a season, there's a time for every purpose. Everything's subject to change, but purpose has a time attached to it. And that time attached to it is, is a preparation for purpose. This whole passage is, even though you're an heir, as you're in a stage of maturity, you, you're set under tutors and governors into a point in time. But you can't determine how long you're going to be under the tutors and governors. It's the father's appointed time. It's the father's appointed time. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not us approving ourselves or commending ourselves. It's God's approval, right? Promotion comes from God, Psalm 75, right? And so, so, so that's the, the so, so sometimes we, we get enough to shine, uh, but not enough to flow. You know what I'm saying? So, and so when we get enough to shine, we just go around trying to shine all over the place. But if you really stay, stick in there, you'll see you won't just keep having these, these temporary, temporary um, uh, fixes. I, so the faithful few, uh, or 
as I like to say, the full of faith few. <laughs> the full of faith few. Let's look here at uh, Matthew 17. I'm going to triangulate a couple of scriptures here just so we have an understanding of what the Lord was showing me he wanted communicated. So Matthew 17, 20. Uh, it says, and Jesus, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, right, because of your unbelief, it says, it says, uh, uh, well, basically he was rebuking them because of their unbelief, right? Because I just got into the scripture and didn't give you the context. I apologize. <laughs> I'm just rushing, you know, trying to get to a point. It says, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence uh, to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And I know they, they use uh, the impossible scripture, uh, the praise team, before they minister. So this is talking about faith of a grain of a mustard seed. Now let's go here over five chapters to Matthew 22. The emphasis there is a grain of a mustard seed faith. And 22, and we'll do, got to get there first, verse 14. It says, for many are called, but few are chosen. How many? Many. Few, right. (laughs) (laughs) This is all goes to show you. Everybody has different angles and perspectives, right? Right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right, so few are chosen, right? Few. And, and, and when, I, when I think about the few are chosen, I think about almost similar to a grain of a mustard seed of people are chosen. But it only takes, just like it takes a grain of a mustard seed of faith, it, takes, it only takes a few. Right? It only takes a few. So many are called, a few are chosen. And, and we've talked about this before, but it's, it's uh, you know, we have a culture sometimes, especially in ministry culture, people that grow up in church where people go, I was called, you know, I was called in 79, I was called in 80, you know, ever since God called me. And then you got the people that are called that are running. Um, but many are called. It's, it, it's not rare to be called. You know, so, so, so it's like, it's rare to be chosen. See, so just having a calling is not enough, right? It takes something to be chosen. It's how you respond to the call, right, which we'll get into here. I'm not going to leave you out there. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just letting you know. So, so many, many a call, right? Jamal, many. That's, you know, that's a crowd, right? What would you say? You said a bunch. I was about to say a plethora. You know, there's a whole lot of people call, right? All right, so, so, so let's look here at Psalm 65. I'm not going to leave you out there. I just want to set this foundation for what we're going to talk about. You know, when God be giving you stuff, you want to rush to the, to the point, right? Yeah, you want to get to the point, but you got to take your time, you know. Uh, I know I'm not going to get to all that I really want to talk about today. Uh, because then I'll mess you up on the foundation. But I want to rush to what I want to talk about next week. <laughs> so um, I know y'all, y'all feel that on fast weeks and stuff y'all be teaching. Guess what? So do I. Yeah, I'll be feeling the same thing. <clears throat> Why do I got to talk about this? Because people need to understand. We talked about that in the Master Life class this morning. All right, so Psalm 65, verse 4. It says, blessed is the man whom thou choosest. <laughs> and causes to approach thee, that he may dwell in thy court. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy, holy temple. So this chosen person is in a great place, right? And this chosen person has all access to God, is in the presence of God. Now, you know, you just can't be walking in the presence of God any old kind of way. Like, you can't cr- carry craziness in the presence of God. When I was young, back in Jersey... Uh, so I started working in upstate New York. And I remember I always had this question about why we got to go through Jesus. 
just because my mind is, I mean, I wasn't reading the Bible, so I'm just, I'm thinking based on how Keith think. So Keith was like, well, they said I'm a son of God. Now, I'm one of those, I, I was raised with foster parents, so uh, reunited with my family when I was 14. Uh, and, but I still stayed with the foster parents until I was 17. And so, so I remember when I was, I don't know, I was, let's see, so we moved, our house burned down. I was about first grade. So first grade, I remember uh, Miss Taylor waking me up, said, okay, now get up, uh, you going to church. You going to Sunday school, that's was Sunday school. So she got me up, she sent me to Good Neighbor Baptist Church, invite from Jersey, Chancellor Happening, and still there, right? And so, now think about it, I'm what? So first grade, no, I'm, I'm, I think I was seven, because I was nine in third grade. Yeah, seven, right? So I'm seven years old in Newark, walking down the street by myself. They didn't take me to the Sunday school. They got me up and sent me to Sunday school. And so I, I'm not telling you the story. You know, I go on to church. I just stand at the door, because I have no reference for, for me. I don't know what to do. And I just stood there, because I didn't know where to go or what to do. It's long, you know, it's, it's look long, you know, your little kid, the hallway looks so long. And Tim, I just stand there. The lady said, a oh, young man, can I help you? I was like, I came for Sunday school, you know. And so I'm sitting there, and they're preaching. One day, Jesus was God. Another day, they preached, and God was God. Another day, they preached, the Holy Spirit was God. I'm like, well, which one is God? See, because there's no one sitting with me. We talked about this in the discipleship class to explain. So you leaving it up to me to interpret. I left one day. God is God. I come back the next week. Oh, maybe I heard that wrong. Jesus is God. Then I come back next week. Holy Spirit is God. Now I understand some things now, but I didn't know. And, and so then I show up and the guy, he's preaching this sermon. And in our Sunday school book, it had, he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. You know, all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere, right? And so, but at the time, I'm like, okay, so he's not God. He's omnipotent. Then he's omnipresent. Like, so I'm like, see, this, this, what is he? Which, I'm just trying to find out who I'm supposed to be talking to. Then I heard Jesus was the son of God. Now, which is, he? I thought he was God. Now he's the son of God. But I locked into him being the son of God. And then I said, okay, so why I got to go through him? Because they so, I heard them last week say I was the son of God. So if I'm the son of God, he's the son of God, we all sons, well, I got to go through him. He ain't on a hierarchy more important than, than me. We all sons. I mean, I'll go to God, but I don't understand why I got to go to my brother. But I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm a kid. No one's giving me this information. So I carried this through high school, you know, and then, then now, you know, I, you know, I, B.C. days, just B.C. days, you know, I'm getting smoked out doing some things I'm not supposed to do. So now you take this exhaustive mind, this straight A kid, this math guy, and you, you, you put pharmaceuticals in his brain. Oh, oh now I'm, I'm, I'm making a whole lot of nonsense, <laughs> right? And so, so, so and with, with, with a, convincingly, I was, I was a, de- a decent orator. You know, I could express myself decently. So I was like, man, what I look like? Man, I ain't got to go through Jesus, you know. I probably was, I probably even did that, you know. <laughs> you know, I ain't got to go through Jesus, you know, because, you know, you got to, I had the little walk. What I got to go through Jesus for, you know? And, and we all going to the same God, just different roads. This is the things I used to say. Some of y'all saying that now. I said that in the 70s with no word. <laughs> Right? I didn't know there's a narrow way that leads to life and peace, uh, Matthew 7, 13. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. You know, so, so most of my, my, what I was okay with believing was what I could probably get away with. All your sins, I heard this, I was, all your sins go to your parents to a certain age. I kept changing the age. I was like, now, did they say 12 or 13? Probably said 13. It probably really was 13. You know, I'm, I'm not checking because, you know, was it by omission. So, so what I'm saying is for, for all this time, I'm like, well, he, he, he's, 
the son of God. Then I was in upstate New York, and this southern gospel group came out. I took the kids to chapel, and they broke down Jesus like I never heard it before. And the way I got it was God's in heaven, 100% pure. If I came around him direct and I'm, and I'm, I'm polluted with sin, he's not 100% pure now. Let's say he's 99. So 99, that's, that's, that might be like, what, a billion people that, that he ain't going to show up for. So, so when I was praying, my prayers was going up. But God was like, oh, oh, oh what's all that funk? Do, do me a favor, Jesus, go down and cleanse that person. Cleanse them with your blood and bring them before my throne. Right? Cleanse them up. Clean them up. And I said, oh, now I get why I need Jesus. I just can't go directly to God. I can pollute heaven. And Lord knows I would have polluted heaven. Now, I didn't read John 9, 31 back then that God doesn't hear the prayer of the sinner because all that, you know, you know uh, the scripture, the Bible talks about a sweet smelling Savior. No, no, no. When I'm in sin, ain't no sweet nothing coming up. It's funky up there. A stench, a stench comes up because I've been in the flesh. And Jesus cleanses it with his blood. So, so, so I had got that down. How does that tie into what we talked about? This says, blessed is the man whom thou chooses and causes to approach thee. Right? Everybody's not approaching God. Everybody's not comfortable with approaching God. Some people ain't comfortable with coming to church because of what happened last night. Right? We good? We all right? Did I bust you out or something? What happened? <laughs> Saw some looks. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, you understand? But, 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 but that's why we have Christ. It's not in us coming to God in our own confidence. It's coming to God in the confidence of what the blood did for our lives. Right? What's that song by Maverick City in the blood? If you're looking for me, <laughs> I'm under the blood. <laughs> All right, okay, let's just stay focused. All right, let's go to 69. 69. So, so now, so once, I, once I, I'm, I'm allowed access into God's presence, obviously, as we were talking about today when the disciples were with Jesus, you, you, have, you gain more insight. You, you're getting some uh, inside information, right? When we talk about the disciples of Jesus, they didn't just see the fig tree curse. They got the inside information of how he did it. God as the source, right? But if we was watching from afar, we wouldn't have got that inside information. So if I'm in the presence of God, I'm getting things revealed to me that everybody's not getting. That my own understanding can't even reveal to me, right? I see some things that I couldn't see before. Things that looked insurmountable now look possible. With men it is possible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. That's what the scripture says, right? I see differently when I'm in the presence of God. You ever got around a man or woman of God and something just started to, you know, I, I mean, you just didn't know what it was, but just, you know, you felt better. You ever just had prayer with somebody and, and the whole atmosphere just changed? Things just started to shift. Try that this week. Instead of magnifying the circumstance, how about praying about it? Somebody call you up this week instead of saying, okay, okay, okay. Hey, let's pray first. Don't worry about the sensation. Don't worry about how you feel. Just apply the principle. Watch what happens. Right? So anyway, this, uh, once I get into his presence, something happens to me where I, I, I feel like, I'm not worthy. Uh, Ms. Lamar just said, undone. And, and, and something happens when I feel unworthy. I feel a sense of, like, I got to do something to pay you back. I feel like I owe you. You know, when I got into God's presence, and I remember, oh, my God. I remember uh, I was kind of living wild out. Even when I got that revelation, I was living positive in, in Christ, but I wasn't all in so I finally went through a, a crisis, and I decided to be all in. And so I was walking down the street, and this is how I was walking down the street, and I started praying to God, and, and it felt like warm honey poured on my head. I'm out there by myself now. I'm walking, Plainfield, New Jersey. I was walking down the street, and, I, and, and the first thing came, I said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, God. 
I can't believe I let anything come between our connection. And, and I felt I owed him. So I made a vow. I said, okay, all right, I'm not having sex till I get married. I'm, oh, let me say it right. I'm not having sex anymore until I get married. <laughs> Just clear that up, <laughs> right? And then I said, because I knew, I knew, we know right from wrong. We don't need scriptures, right? You know right from wrong, right? That's why you jump people before they try to tell you a truth, right? Because you, you like, I don't want to hear that. That's why you go, here we go, uh-huh, Mr. Holy. Where did that come from? Because you know you're wrong. So I knew we got to cut out that sex. The second thing I knew, even though the sex was the second thing that was my issue, the first thing was music. I, I, went, I went to my apartment, took all my albums, put them in a crate, took them to my brother's house. I, said, I felt like I owed God to get rid of anything that was severing our connection. No scriptures. I didn't know flee fornication then. I didn't know my body's a temple of the Holy Spirit then. I didn't know, I didn't know that, the avis, that, that Satan was the, the Lucifer used to be the, the, the master mixer of music. I didn't know that was his number one tool then. I knew this is what's keeping me from God. Music was, I spent $300 a week on music. Music was my idol. I, I scheduled classes in college around master mixes. So I, I shifted myself. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what I did because I felt I owed him. Something happened when I got into his presence. Psalms, Psalms 69.9. It says, for the zeal of thine house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. So when I got into his presence, my whole flow changed. I had more zeal for God's house than for my comfort. I had more zeal to snatch people out of the clutches of the enemy than for my own convenience. I shifted from God bless the child got his own to making sure we all got some. Right? Right? Uh, My wife said, uh, uh, whom the son says free is free indeed. Freely it's been given to you. Freely you should give. I felt, oh my God, I'm behind. I gotta, I, I gotta, I got to get out here. See, see, my life shifted from focusing on me to kingdom focus. One of my foundational scriptures, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things to be added unto you. I shifted my life to kingdom work first. My whole flow changed. And I said, well, according to the word, all the other things will be added. I'm not going to focus on the things no more. I'm going to focus on the king. Right, so, so, so something changes. You know, like the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 7.20, right, so now, now this, this particular time in my life, we could say I'm being called into the kingdom. We agree with that? I'm being called in, and I recognize this calling. 1 Corinthians 7.20 says, each one should remain in the condition in which he was when he is called. So now I'm in a condition, Right? I'm in, a, I'm in a certain circumstance, and God has called me to the kingdom. And our, our natural mind tells us, okay, I have to leave from where I'm at and go to another more holier environment. If I'm working on a job, it's something that tells me, no, I got to get a job at the church. I'm not saying don't get a job at the church, but <laughs> I wasn't saying that. But that's what the thought is. I got to get a job at church only, right? But when you're called... You got to ask yourself, why did God call you there? Why did he decide to resurrect you from there? Why didn't he wait till you got at a church? Why, why did he allow you to be in that position to resurrect you from there? Why did he arrest Moses when he was with Egypt? Why did he get his attention then? The very thing that he had been around and been trained by is what God was going to use to deliver his people from. Right? So, 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 so again, so, so we're not rushing out of position. We're actually recognizing a calling. Right? And it's, it's making us have more of a zeal for God's kingdom. So the first task after we re- of recognition of, of calling is not to look for comfort and convenience. 
is to look for communion. The first task is not to look for comfort or convenience, it's to look for communion. Find your place in God. Right? That's the first thing to do. Uh, I, I trained, uh, trained basketball for years, and I, I shared this in an earlier discipleship class. Um, and I, when I studied things out, I, I studied this book called Fundamentals. And so what we would do is we had the camp was set up where you would come in. You remember that? You was at the camp, <laughs> right? We would do fundamentals first, right? And then we would do a rap session where we would talk about God. I, I, I got to change uh, graphics and everything because I realize I'm, I'm older. And, and when I say rap session, people be like, I think I'm a, but that, that's what we called uh, gathering open discussions and stuff like that. So. I realized that this week, I was like, I keep saying rap session. One person like, so you guys is rapping? <laughs> Spit rhymes? <laughs> so, so, but we would, uh, and, and the program was called Ayers, uh, Ayers, the Ayers program, Hooping Expression in a Royal Rap Session, right? And, you know, and Galatians 4 actually was the foundation of Scripture. And we would sit, we'd talk about God. I would bring in different athletes. We would talk about God. And then, of course, we would hoop, Right? And so, but the goal was fundamentals first, because if you, if you discipline yourself at your core, everything else fly, fall, falls in line. Just like right now, if you're trying to discipline yourself. If you discipline yourself spiritually, your body don't know the difference if you, if you working on a book, if you got to clean your house, all your body know, at my core, I'm disciplined, right? So if you discipline yourself spiritually, it's going to bleed into the rest of your life. I just slipped that in. It had nothing to do with what we were talking about, but... But so our first thing is to look for communion because our foundation has to be in the presence of God. See, because you can say, hey, oh, my God, this position I'm in right now, I don't think it's as godly in your own understanding. And then you can move positions, but that's not where God wants you either. The Bible says God set the members in the body as it pleased him. So you can be doing the right thing and it's still not obedient. The scripture says, I'd rather obedience than sacrifice. So you could be making this sacrifice, but it's not necessarily obedient. All right, we'll get to that in a second. Now, we're talking about the faithful few for a reason. So let's go here, 2 Peter 1. So through this process, we're going to understand calling. We're going to understand our position in the kingdom. And we're going to understand sometimes what's been the hurdle for us to break through to the place of fulfillment that we desire. The scripture says all things are lawful, but not expedient. So, so you could do a thousand things, but everything ain't best. That's what expedient means. What's best? First Corinthians uh, six twelve. All right. So, Second Peter one, and ten. We'll just we'll read verse ten. It says, "Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure." For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Right? And when it says make your calling election sure, the Amplified says to ratify, to strengthen, and make steadfast your calling. So, so, so now I'm, so many are called, few are chosen. The chosen have actually put themselves in a position to ratify, to strengthen, and to make steadfast that call. See, see, if you don't, if you just walk around with the calling, you can easily be pulled in and out of it, right? If you don't have a communion with God in your own strength, you can be pulled out of God's presence. Soon as somebody betray you, you can be pulled out of God's presence, right? Soon as, as, as you've, see, oh, see, so how, how many of us have committed to stuff that God didn't tell us to do, got played and betrayed, were bitter, and blame it on God or, or blame it on the situation, the, the, the person we don't look at is ourselves. We made the choice. So I've been played, betrayed, filleted, whatever you want to call it. She... <laughs> I told you it was a rap session. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> so I, I uh, what was I about to say, man? <laughs> yeah, so, so I've been played, but she'll tell you, I take responsibility for a lot of situations. That, it helped. That's what made me easy, easy for to forgive people. I'm sorry. That didn't even come out right. 
Uh, anyway, that's what made it easier to forgive people because I had to take responsibility. I had choice. I was talking to somebody that I, I believe they didn't uh, handle me appropriately. And so when I asked them, you know, do you, how do you think that went? Uh, and they said, well, you know, it went the way it's supposed to go. They was really, wasn't going to really answer the question. Then they flipped it. How do you think it went? I said, well, really, I thought I mattered more. I said, but I'm a grown man. And I understand that just because I think I matter don't mean I matter. I said, I can't make people value me. And obviously, I wasn't as valuable to you as I thought. These, these are my exact words. And I said, so I'm good. I said, I forgive you. I'm good. I said, hey, there I go thinking I was important to you. Now, in this situation, I invested 18 years of my life. So, but all things you do, you do as to the glory of God, not unto man. So, so if, if I believe that, God will take care of me. Even if it looks like I'm getting played, betrayed and filleted. <laughs> right, so, so let's call in an election, sure. So that means as soon as I'm called, uh, all the young, young ministers, people coming up, they go, well, yeah, I'm called. I want, uh, could, you, could you mention me? Could you show me this? I said, okay, there's a tangible training. Here, discipleship class is important. Here, uh, the, uh, the services are important. The fellowships are important. The master life class is important. The uh, survival kit class is important, right? All these things are important. And there's a, there's a process that people are about to go through that's important. All those things are important, right? But guess what? That's the tangible stuff. There's some intangible stuff. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. God is looking at the unseen. God's looking at where, where that's okay for you, but that's not okay for the person I called. That's okay for them, but that's not okay for the person I called. God's looking at all that, Right? See, see, there's an invisible, as soon as you recognize the call, your training starts. Your training started at the job. Your training started at the house. Your training started in the marriage. As soon as you recognize it, you're already in training. You know, everybody's looking for universities and looking for all types of uh, seminaries. You're already in seminary in a university. Because what seminary did Moses go to? You understand? I'm not saying don't go to seminary. There we go. There we go. I didn't say that. Did anybody hear me say that? <laughs> what I said was, you're already in training. That's all I said. You know, somebody going to like take the sound bite out. See, Pastor Keith said you don't need to go to seminary. I don't need no education at all. That's what Pastor Keith said. I've been getting all my training in the wilderness. <laughs> like Moses. Right. Okay. So Ephesians 4. Let's go to Ephesians 4. Yeah, people be, be flipping what you say, boy. Sometimes they only hear what they want to hear. Or sometimes they only hear because of the way I articulated it. It ain't always their fault, right? Somebody grabbed that. They say amen to that. They ain't say amen to the first one. <laughs> amen. That's what I was trying to tell you before, man. You got to switch it up. Communicate it better, pastor. All right, so Ephesians 4, verse 1. It says, I therefore, look, look, the prisoner of the Lord. See, see, soon somebody read the word prisoner, they got to see something wrong with this Bible. See, because we fight like where you don't have control. And prisoner seems like you're totally restricted, right, Jay? Like, I can't do nothing. But, but, but Paul wasn't saying this as, as, as an indictment. He was saying this as a wonderful thing. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Look at this, with all lowliness and meekness. Now, we, we, we studied that out before in Matthew 5. Lowliness of mind is humility. Meekness, right? See, see, humility is empty of self. Meekness is not self-seeking. So, so, so you need the tag team because it's one thing to empty yourself, and some of us work hard to do that, but maybe we, we, we embrace the humility. But don't go, don't go trying to fill yourself back up with self. Don't be self-seeking. Don't do things that's about you, right? 
All right, so anyway, so, so, now, 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 this, is ma- this is making sure we're worthy of the, the vocation we're called to. This is, we're trying to get chosen here, right? How many people want to be chosen? Why well, I do. I don't know about you. All right. It says, so with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, some people just disqualified themselves from, from being chosen. They ain't suffering at all, let alone long-suffering. <laughs> it says, look, look, oh, look at this one. This, this is another ch- challenging one. Forbearing one another in love. See, you think you can dis- dismiss yourself from that tough case, that uncomfortable person. That person, oh, yeah, you know, they just got an attitude. I don't even fool with them, you know, because they got an attitude. Oh, no, 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 okay, well, you don't have to fool with them, but you also don't have to be chosen. Make up your mind. Because if you want to be chosen, you got to fool with them and everybody like them. Amen. <laughs> All right, I'm just, I'm just, hey. <laughs> Pastor Mel said, well, I don't believe you heard me. All right, so uh, verse 3, it says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Look, there's one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. (laughs) Right? And there's an expectation of this particular calling, right? Right? Uh, Let me see. I might have another version here. I, uh, the Amplified. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to and beg you to walk, lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service. Living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, and mildness, with patience, bearing one another, and making allowances because you love one another. <laughs> Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness and, and produced by the oneness of and produced by the spirit and binding power and peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as there also is, there, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling you receive. Right? And so, 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 so here you have uh, uh, many are called, but few are chosen because few are faithful, full of the faith to sustain the preparation to be under the tutors and governors to be released at the appointed time. So, so, so you, 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 you know, we've all been in situations or been around situations where you see people that have ele- elevated to high levels and they've fallen. And so I asked the Lord some years ago because I study out uh, generals. I study out uh, preparation. And I read a book called God's Generals, How Some Succeeded and Some Failed. And so I said, Lord, help me out. First question I ever asked my former pastor, I went out to eat with him. I said, As I noticed that some ministers get to this level and they, all, they fall. What happened? He says, well, Keith, the, the, the challenge is, he said that they have, their church is their relationship with God. He says, but they have to have an individual relationship with God apart from their ministry. So I remember that. So then I asked the Holy Spirit. I said, Holy Spirit, explain this to me. He says, well, Keith, they didn't fall the day you saw. They fell in preparation. He said, because they got to a point where they said, man, that's enough. I believe that's enough. They, they approved themselves and they said, well, hey, it's more than anybody else around me has. It's more than anybody else is doing. This is cool. And it was cool for where they were, but it wasn't enough for where they were going. He says, most of the people you see that fall never thought they were going to elevate to where they are. They are. So if they did, they would have stayed in the preparation to say, oh, I'm going to need more of this to get to that. But when they can't see that, they say, this is enough for what I want to do. And, then, and, and so what happens is uh, things keep building on their life and eventually it gets top heavy and their foundation can't handle it and they cave in and they fall. Or the Bible says great is the fall, Right? And so, so, so this is the thing, excuse me, uh, 2 Corinthians 8. Because, you know, God has showed us, it's on the website, it's in the vision, it's our core values. You know, 
you know, we're, uh, you know, the vision here at Heirs Christian Center Church is equipping heirs for the kingdom of God, right? That's the vision. Now, how do we achieve that vision? We achieve it through a mission. And that mission is being led by the Spirit, living by faith, right? It's a revealing purpose in sharing God's love. That's the mission to facilitate the vision. And revealing purpose, right? Being led by the Spirit, living by faith, to just show live by faith, sharing God's love. And, and, and the interesting thing is, so uh, uh, on a website, the Lord had told us a long time ago, he says, I'm establishing this church as a refuge. So even though you were trained, if you start a church, start with unchurched people because they don't come with any baggage, just like it, having a relationship and nobody... The challenge to new relationships are old ones, <laughs> right? That's the only challenge. If there was no old relationships, person to take you for face value. Challenges with new churches are old churches. Yeah. If there was no other relationships, people would take you at face value, Amen. right? But a lot of times they're looking through the lenses of what they went through, not who you are. And so the Lord said, but I, I know there's going to be some bruised, hurt people, but they got to go to church too. He said, so I'm going to create this church as a refuge, Right? as a refuge. So the thing is, as people uh, come in as a refuge, and then he says, I'm designed you guys to empower people to fulfill their purpose, right? So, so, so our purpose is assisting people fulfilling purpose. We're excited about it. Anybody that's been around us know, like we're happy when people are in their purpose, you know? And now he, had to, he has to make us where we're not insecure and intimidated because we're around a lot of great people, you know, at least what? 40 or something people teach every year, right? Because we have fast week quarterly, right? That's not me, right? So you, and we have some powerful folk that be teaching. So I can't like, hey, bad. we need to shut down fast week. These people too sweet. <laughs> people going to start liking them. They might not like us anymore. No, 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 no. It's purpose, right? It's purpose. So, but the interesting thing about purpose there's this preparation for it. And so the hard part is if people are not focusing on purpose, like the people that got to levels they didn't think they were going, they'll squinge anytime they get preparation, anytime they get correction. You know, correction's in the Bible, right? 2 Timothy 3.16. You know, the doctrine is for correction and reproof, Right? And you know the word rebuke is in the Bible? See, we, people think love has one category, kindness. But that's the, the Bible says God chastens whom, whom he loves. You have to care to share to correct. You have to be selfless to tell somebody something you know they don't want to hear. It's easy to deal with people, and I'm not going to tell them nothing they don't want to hear. So, so that's about me, so I can be liked. It ain't about them. Not an heirs Christmas in the church. It's giving you what you need. Uh, I, I told my wife this years ago with my son. Uh, we had a situation. He had to leave home. He wanted to come back. I said, babe, I can't help a situation at the expense of his life. So I, so I, so I don't have a problem with helping, but if it's going to cost him his life, I can't do it. I got to do what's best for him. He will tell you this day. He's going to come here and speak. He don't know it, but he's going to come here and speak soon. He has no idea. If he's watching this today, he's like, I am. <laughs> but, but you need to hear his testimony. You really need to, listen, you need to hear that dude. You know, um, it, that's a whole other story. I'll get to that. That just came out. It's supposed to be a secret. Everything hidden shall be revealed. <laughs> I knew that. Look, y'all know the scriptures. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 8.22. And so, 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 you know, Paul and them are navigating, they're navigating, they're, they're making sure people in the kingdom get ministered to. Paul, you know, setting up churches, making sure people get what they need. Here in verse 22, it says, we have sent with them our brother whom we have oftentimes, how many? Proved diligent in many things. Proved what? Diligent in many things. But now, look much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. So, so, to, so they didn't send nobody that, that wasn't proved diligent. 
that they weren't confident that they would be consistent even when no one was watching. That they wouldn't get caught up in keeping up. So it's not a punishment. It's, it's actually a protection. Because once your default is diligence and consistency in the, in the things of God, God knows I can trust you. Remember Abraham? Oh, I know Abraham. I know he's going to tell his people. I know he's going to lead his people. Oh, that's my friend. <laughs> I know that dude. I'm not worried about what Abraham's going to do. Can God say that about us? Uh, Proverbs 26. And again, it's not a, it's, I told you already, so, and I have it recorded that I told you in advance, targets, targets, right? We're setting targets, right? Right? Well, because uh, confident in this very thing that he, this was going to good work, we're performing it to the day of Christ Jesus. He'll work in us to willing to do his good pleasure. Apart from him, we can do nothing anyway. So every time I hear something I need to do, I'm going to, the goal is, to, have, is to, to force me to dig deeper in Christ. Bring that communion. Right? John 15, 5, right? Apart from him, I can do nothing anyway. So when I hear something, oh, I got to do what? Oh, got to go deeper. That's what it is. It's not to intimidate you to run. It's to intimidate you to dig deep. What was, the, what was the vision a few years ago? Commit to the dead? I right, so Proverbs 26, 13. I, I'm just going to read it out and amplify it. It says, the lazy person who is self-indulgent and relies on lame excuses <laughs> says, there is a lion in the road. A lion is in the open square. And if I go outside to work, I will be killed. <laughs> Now, now, that's an extreme, but it's, it's, it's communicating how we flow, <laughs> you know? Like, we, we come up with just, oh, no, I can't do that. Because last time I did that, you know, they ain't do me right. Right, then it says, as the door turneth on its hinges, so does the lazy person on his bed, never getting out of it. It says, the lazy person buries his hand in the dish, losing opportunity after opportunity. It wearies him to bring it back again to his mouth. It's talking about just eating. <laughs> right? It says, the lazy person is wiser in his own eyes than seven sensible men who can give a discreet answer. Like one who grabs a dog by the ears and is likely to be bitten. <laughs> is he who, passing by, stops to meddle with a dispute that is none of his business. Now, this is not just talking about uh, literal disputes, it's talking about how you're so easily distracted. And you use energy in those distractions, calling yourself like, uh, oh, so I'm going to use me. So the Lord challenged me one time. He said, he said, Keith, I'm going to tell you what your problem is. Your problem is you think you super Jesus. Like every time there was a situation, somebody need help, don't worry, I'll save you. I'm super Jesus. You know, and I'm all uh, just jumping over here, running over here, running over here. And, 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 and I'm going to be honest with you, transparently, that's what ran me out of New Jersey. I had a situation where I got a call about a family member, and I, I jumped in the car. Da, 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 it's time. This is a job for super Jesus. I jump in the car, and I start, I start driving, and the Holy Spirit said, where are you going? I, <laughs> I, he said, where are you going? I said, well, I, I'm going to save her. Not to say it like that. I just said, well, you know, I'm going to go talk to such and such. I'm not going to say the family member. And uh, he said, so what you going to say you didn't say the last time? I said, oh. <laughs> I, said, nah, I, I hadn't even thought about it. It's my job to save her. I'm super Jesus. So, so I just get in the car. And, and I said, wow. And then he, he, he shows me stuff on video. He gives me open visions, right? And so he showed me a video of what I had been doing since I walked down that street and said, God, I'm not having sex till I get married, and I'm getting rid of my music, right? Yeah, it's going, I'm never going to let nothing come between our connection with you. I was in Plainfield at that time. The day I got in the car, I was still living in Plainfield because now I'm super Jesus, right? And so he showed me, dude, you you've been like some type of uh, some type of uh, what do they, what, what do y'all? I know it's a southern term where 
where the animal is running and somebody lit fire to the tail. <laughs> yeah, cat with his tail on fire. They lie. I know it was something down here. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> I knew it was one. I knew it was one. All right. <laughs> and that's how I was running around, like a cat with, a tail, with his tail on fire. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> so, and I said, whoa. He said, he said, you can't keep doing this. And shortly after that, I was able to see when God was telling me to, to, to move to Ohio. And Lord knows, y'all know I needed to move to Ohio. I wouldn't have met Pastor Melanie. Actually, that's when I discovered what I was purposed to do, too. This is the thing, real simple. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. I'm going to say it again. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And doing it well. It's not easy. So 2 Timothy 2, uh, 11 through 13. 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13. It says, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. And so, so, so uh, and then uh, verse 20, drop down to verse 20 through 22. It says, but in the, in the great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified, and meet, fit, is what the, another version says, for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. It says, flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and where charity is love, wisdom that call on the Lord out of a pure heart, that call on the Lord. It says, flee some of these things that's been arresting us. I know the scripture tells us to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. So God is looking for godly, faithful, uh, and faithful men and women. In 2 Samuel 23.3, God told David this. He said, he that ruleth over men must be just and rule in the fear of the Lord, in, in the reverence of the Lord. Right? And so sometimes we want to rule over men, but we're not just in God's eyes. And we're, not, and we're not leading them in the field of the Lord. We're lording them. And sometimes our lording is about I'm head person in charge. I was going to say something else. <laughs> right? But sometimes our lording is about me. I just need a bunch of people around me to keep pumping me up. I need you. You're wonderful. If it wasn't for you, thank you. Not about God, right? We just need people to just be about us. So we're not leading them. Because we talked about this master life, right? The goal is to empower people to fulfill their purpose. And whatever it takes for them to to, to gain, to, to access that purpose. Not to create dependence on you, right? Ms. Lamar said amen. Okay, we got one amen in the house. See, so, so, so the thing is, to be able to do this, we have to be specially disciplined. You know, we do a class on spiritual authority. Only the specially disciplined are given authority, right? Only the specially disciplined are given authority, right? Uh, Psalm 12.1. So, again, it's the faithful few because there's very few that's faithful enough to maintain special discipline and, be, and live in it. See, see, that's the thing is, if God is choosing you, it's how you live. It's not where you visit. And so, so, so sometimes, again, it's not putting nobody down. Sometimes we just don't know. We figure visiting is enough. I'm more positive than Jimmy and Marianne. Look at, look at, look at them. I can't believe they're doing that. So we're just happy with 
For we, like we look in our life for a collection of people that we believe is doing less than us to justify us not elevating from where we are. As opposed to looking in God's face and staying in communion with him and making that the measure and standard of are we fulfilling our design. See, it's a whole different way of looking at things. Like I can't go, hey, uh, the person just came to the church. I, I bet you I read more scripture than you. How many scriptures you read? See, you, you can't even touch, can't touch this. Like, that's not what the goal is. You see what I'm saying? But, but sometimes that's how we roll. It's, the goal is fulfilling our purpose and design. And that keeps us in all humility. Because we can't do that apart from him. And every day we're trying to find out what we don't know. Uncertainty is not intimidating. Uncertainty is, 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 is humiliating from the standpoint it keeps us... Hu- in humility to find out for God what else we don't we need to know. There's always something we need to know. You know, uh, I, I did a Bible study. I used to do, we had a Wednesday service at, in, in Columbus. And so we had five services, two on Sunday, Wednesday, two on Wednesday, the midday, and then the, uh, actually, we're going to do a midday fellowship. It's not going to be a Bible study, but it's going to be a Bible fellowship uh, during the and then we did the, the Friday night service. So, so when I taught the midday service, most of the, the people that didn't work, that was retired, older would come in. And sometimes it's like they were coming in like with a clipboard. See if this young boy know what he's talking about. Mm, yeah, that's cool. That's so cool. But think about, and I actually taught this one day during that service. I said, think about the mindset a person has to have to, to have a clipboard. They're assuming they know all things. What are you referencing your checks with? So you're saying, I know all things, and I'm going to size this guy up to see if he knows all things, and that's my duty. I'm not coming here to learn. I'm coming here to check and make sure he's teaching the right things. But there's a level. There has to be a, a semblance of arrogance there, don't you think? You must have arrived, right? Now, the Scripture says for all of us, to search the scriptures to see if it's so. So you're supposed to do that, you know, Acts 17, 22. Go back and confirm it for yourself if you don't already have it in, in your heart. But not from the standpoint, mm, like, like this is quality and control. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not how we're supposed to flow. So, so uh, what did I tell you the term? Or did I reference David? Uh, okay. For the, uh, for the godly people cease to be for the faithful vanish from among the sons of men. The faithful has, that's why there's the faithful few. It says the faithful are vanishing from the sons of men. The godly people cease to be. See, because people are, are, are now thinking it's okay to conform as opposed to transform. You know, you have people in church justify their position based on what everybody's doing in the world, not what God is saying in his word. See, so, so, and, and it's like, oh, here we go. That's what the Bible says. We're, we're, we're supposed to be changing the world, not conforming. We're trying to be like Lot. <laughs> we went in and, and, and forgot who we were. We got to be rescued. <laughs> what was, the, what was the, the teaching? Uh, special ops. <laughs> Somebody got coming, <laughs> coming, covert operation coming to get us out of there, right? So, so the scripture says, uh, uh, that we should be found faithful, right? In uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 2, we should be found faithful, right? So if we water down the standard, we'll excuse the compromise. If we water down the standard that guys have, we'll excuse the compromise. Remember when, 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 Paul, when David said, I have a zeal for the house, he says, your enemies are my enemies, he wasn't excusing compromise. Again, you don't have to condemn. You don't have to curse nobody out. You can make people aware. Some people just don't know. So you can make a person aware of a we, we had uh, We were talking, talking with some leaders yesterday, and I said, so what I did was a person was communicating something, just wasn't aware. So I, I gave the person considerations. And, and they're my witness. I said, hey, I put this on the table for considerations. Other people may have some different insight. 
So I was able to give another perspective without getting all puffed up like I'm the super Christian and I uh, challenge somebody or create a debate or what? We, you, you don't want a debate? What? I went, the Bible says we ain't supposed to be striving anyway. But I can, somebody might share with me a perspective on whatever, smoking and drinking. I just share mine. I don't have to fight. It's not a debate. I said, oh, no, this is what I read in the Word. This is what I read. And so uh, we can't water down the standard because that's the whole goal. The whole goal is to get you desensitized to the standard so now you'll walk in compromise. Like you, you're a Christian, you'll start fitting in without thinking about it. That's when the Scripture says, be not conformed to the world. I think the message says, don't fit in the world without thinking about it. We should always be thinking about, be attentive. Uh, what's the message? Uh, uh, don't be too busy to pay attention. Because if, you, if this is the boundary, I have to be attentive to recognize, whoa, whoa, I almost crossed the line out of God's presence. But if I'm just walking around, do-do-do-do, and everything is all good, I'm going to walk right up out of God's presence and don't even realize it. And then I'm going to look up and go, how did I get here? Why is this happening to me? I said I would never do nothing like this. I remember I said I would never smoke, drink, or do nothing. I remember walking down the street, Maple Avenue and uh, Goldsmith. I lived on Goldsmith Avenue, right on the corner. I remember, I, to this day, I probably was like second, third grade. I was like, man, people be smoking. Man, I never smoke ever in my life. I never drink. I said, all them nevers. <laughs> and I ended up doing those things, Right? I allowed myself to get into an environment where the standard was watered down and I wasn't looking for boundaries. I wasn't looking for in and out of the presence of God. I'm just walking, <laughs> you know, before you know it, I'm, I'm that guy that I said I would never be. Going through craziness, hiding and ducking. Do they know? You think they know? They might know. I think they know. You think they know? I hope they know. Well, I'm not going to go around them just in case they know. Man, do you know? Uh, I was talking to a, a young man, solid guy. He was in college. He's, he's, he's played uh, college uh, football. And he was talking to his dad. And his dad said, I noticed you've been dating multiple women. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to. He said, he said man, he said, he said, son, you got to decide to live a life where you're, you're at peace and you're free. He said, you have to sneak and do everything you're doing. That ain't even a relationship. Who hides a relationship? He said, he said, he said, son, not to be, he wasn't trying to be grabbed. He said, son, I don't have to sneak and do nothing. He said, me and your mama can go upstairs right now. <laughs> right? But he was trying to tell him, he said, don't live a life where you got to hide. Yeah. You know the pressure that... Anybody can tell you. I can call some people up here right now. They're, they're, they're totally transparent. And they'll tell you, living a lie is one of the hardest things in the world to do. Like, you, you're not at peace. Even if it's something you think you enjoy, the enjoyment doesn't override all the heartache that's packaged with it. And if you have any sense of God, that, that, that pleasure doesn't override the guilt. The pleasure only lasts for moments, but the guilt be walking around with you. And where are you going? Mm -hmm. I don't want to go with you. You know how the, you had a little brother and sister, and where you go, they want to go. Guilt be like, where are you going? No, nah, I'm just going to go to the store. Well, I'm going to go with you. No, 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 I'll be okay. No, 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 I'm going to go with you. And then be like, no, I'm going to be okay. So you get in the car, and it's already, the guilt's already in the car. Like, but I just left you over there. No, nah, I'm just going to just take a little ride with you. Hey, 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 you think you're going to get busted out by that one situation? You know, that was a weak lie. You're not really good at lying. You have tens. Right? Now, who wants to be carrying that around everywhere you go? Do they know? I hope they know. That's, what, what I'm saying is the faithful life is a freeing life. It's a peaceful life. But see, it's only a faithful few. That means very few people are really in contentment and peace. Most people are hiding. And I lived a life of hiding. And I live a life right now. Because they were talking about people can uh, tap into your phones and your computers. I told my wife, I said, they're just going to get saved. <laughs> <I lied. laughs> like, 
You just could tap into a counseling session. I mean, like, like, what, like, like what do I, hey, let me ask you this, because you got your business. I know some of y'all got your own business that you're not getting paid for. Let me ask you something. You've been hiding all this time and you got your own business. Like, let me, no, seriously, like, like, just for a second, like, if anybody found out your business, what would happen? Would it go viral? We had an honest person over there that said no. I mean, like, you know what I mean by viral? Like, when they find out, like, if they find out something LeBron doing, you know, because I think he got 59 million followers. Well, he just made a quote the other day. I don't talk about this stuff, but anyway, a quote was made the other day. But you got all these followers, it's going to go viral, right? So, so if somebody find out this business you've been hiding, what's going to happen? Z said, Z said they're going to get saved. <laughs> <laughs> if they're trying to find out her business. I'm just saying, like, like, the challenge here is to return to be faithful. I have a whole lot more. I, I want to talk about the covert life of a faithful person here maybe next week. I know I wasn't going to get to it today. That's what I really wanted to get to. Um, but we'll talk about that next week. But, but let's, uh, let's uh, just think through the Let's do one thing uh, in, the, in the character and the nature of a faithful person this week. One thing that you don't normally do, stretch yourself to do something faithful, you know, that you know God will be pleased with, that's going to stretch you a little bit. The whole week, I'm not, not one time, I'm not talking about the one time, the whole week, because <laughs> it's not faithful to do it the one time. Like, you know, just, just challenge yourself, you know, just, see, just wear it for a while. You know, the, what you've been putting off that you know God wants you to do? Matter of fact, let's do this. Let's cut some losses this week. Or how should I say, let's cut some lies this week, <laughs> right? Let's just cut, let's cut it off. Let's just shut it down. It, okay, I'm going to help you out. Advanced information, it wasn't going nowhere but to disaster. So if you get off the boat now, you can lessen the pain. You got to know when to cut your losses. You can't just keep letting something drag you. You got to let that thing go, man. Come back to the king. I, I'm not telling you that just as a pastor. I'm telling you that as a person being in a situation where I thought I was stuck for six years. Uh, I didn't want to say the actual years. I ain't trying to make nobody feel bad. But I, I had to cut my losses. It was dragging me. It was just, drag, it was just dragging me, man. <laughs> you know, you know, you get choked. I try to figure a way to let go. I had to let go. And I knew it was going to hurt. But the pain of letting go was not worth, not worse as the pain of staying attached. Amen. So the first step to faithfulness, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let go of that vice this week. How about that? Let's go the whole week and let go of that vice. And the excuse that's been supporting it. <laughs> All right? <laughs> it's going to be an interesting week. Hey, Sunday is going to be powerful. <laughs> All this anointing that's going to push the Sunday message after y'all let some things go, unless you're not going to be quick to obey, hearken, listen with the intent to obey. All right, just stand on your feet, y'all. That's, that's enough for today. The faithful few. Is there one? 